What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, December 9th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes, 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. The engaged one at Tim Gettys. Let's him host. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Yeah. We just reacted to the Ghostbusters trailer. You can good. find that on YouTube.com slash kind of funny. It's just nice to Soon. be bulletproof again. I can look at Twitter and not be yeah. afraid. I don't have to not worry about anything. You know what I mean? Like, afraid I, don't of no ghosts. I can look at IGN, not have to worry about everything being ruined. What a trailer. What, what a, trailer. a trailer, man. You know what I mean? I'm very excited for you. You Thank earned you. this one. You I deserved did. it. I've, I've had to eat a lot of a shit good boy. for 30 years to get mm-hmm. to this point. Yeah. Here we are, though. Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. The reaction. Of my first viewing live, youtube.com slash kindoffunny. Not if you're watching live on Twitch. You should have hopefully just saw it. And if not, then it's going up soon. Don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Just don't this worry is about kind it. of funny games daily. Yes. Today we'll be talking about Bioshock being back, Nintendo doing a stream tomorrow, and you can play Minecraft crossplay on PlayStation 4 today because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. Then tune in to watch us record the show live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you, as I said, Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer reacts is up. Go check it out. Next, remember, tomorrow, PlayStation is doing a state of play. We will be here at 6 a.m. to watch it live with you on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. I was telling my brother this, and he's like, damn, man. Why do game makers have to be so dramatic? Like, can't you just say, hey, this game's out? It'd be nice. <laughs> That'd be nice sometimes. It is. You know uh, what? It better be worth it. I'm just saying. It's going to be worth it. Now, do we not have fun just hanging out, Barrett? Do we not have fun just hanging out? At 6 in the morning? Yeah. I'm having a great time hanging out with you right now at fucking 1040, okay? Yeah, oh, man, we had a rough start to this one, too. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, we're doing uh, live reacts to that. Mm-hmm. How do you want to handle games daily? Because we said we were going to talk about it, and then we never talked about it, and so most of our shows happen live. Are we, do you want to wait and do games daily then at normal time, or are we doing games daily right after as a post-show to this? Oh, I don't know, man. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah. Does the Nintendo thing add some wrinkles? Yeah, now, of course, um, that'll be a new story a little bit. We got a Nintendo thing happening. We got to talk about all this. Yeah, we got to figure, figure it out. out. There'll be tweets. Stay tuned to twitter.com slash vids for updates on tomorrow's show. As if that reaction and reaction and reaction wasn't enough, I got more reactions for you. The Game Awards are Thursday. Yeah, they are. You should watch along with Kind of Funny. Of course, I'll be there drunk at the Game Awards yelling at Jeff Keighley, but you can go to twitch.tv slash Games. Watch along with Tim Imran. Andy, I assume. Mm-hmm. Will Andy's computer be destroyed again? We'll see how good the Smash Brothers well, announcements new, are. Yeah, Crash you know Bandicoot I mean? Smash, Crash for Smash. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Manscaped, Brooklinen, and Quip. But I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Six items on the Roper Report. A big game's dozen. I'm going to add another one, Greg. We're going to have seven oh today. My God. A big game's dozen. You didn't even know about number two, though, earlier. Did you go and check all six of them? Make yeah. sure you're not putting the seventh in that I already have. Target specs of the Anaconda and Lockhart. Oh, my Anaconda don't want none. No. Unless you got, got teraflops, huh? Uh, number wow. one, there's more Bioshock incoming. This is an official 2K press release. Today, 2K announced the founding of Cloud Chamber, the newest wholly owned game development studio under the company's publishing label. 
It's only funny to you and me, but I appreciate literally the first word of the sentence I fucked up and just had to switch it all around. It starts 2K today, and I said today 2K. I cracked myself up. A collective of storytellers eager to push the front lines of interactive entertainment by making unique, entertaining, and thoughtful experiences that engage the world. Cloud Chamber will build its team in two locations. 2K's SF Bay Area headquarters in Nevada, California. Nevada, California as well as Montreal, Quebec, which marks the first ever Canadian office for a 2K studio. In addition, 2K announced that Cloud Chamber has started to work on the next iteration of the globally acclaimed Bioshock franchise, which will be in development for the next several years. Uh, the president of 2K, David Ismailer, had the normal, here's a press release bullshit quote, but then he said this, and I like this. Bioshock is one of the most beloved, critically pra praised, and highest rated franchises of the last console generation. We... Can't wait to see where its powerful narrative and iconic first-person shooter gameplay head in the future with our new studio team at Cloud Chamber leading the charge. A 22-year industry veteran with more than 40 games shipped to date, Kelly Gilmore will serve as Cloud Chamber's global studio head and be the first woman in 2K history to lead a development studio. Her wealth of experience transcends executive production, marketing direction, and public relations management, including t nearly two decades of service to another of 2K's wholly owned studios for Access Games on franchises such as Sid Meier's Civilization and XCOM. Her role is based in Novato. Cloud Chamber's decision to open a new office in Montreal was supported by the Government du Quebec and Montreal International. Mm -hmm. Read between yeah, the lines, everybody. This is because uh, Quebec and you know Canada in general have great tax incentives and programs that make it basically free to make games up there, where they pay you to make games. And if your game fails, it doesn't matter. That's why indie's booming up there. That's why everybody's moving up there. And it's called brain drain. And America should get on this shit because it's not good. It's not good for any country other than Canada. Should we move to Canada? Yes, we should. I've said that a lot. You can get poutines left and right with fucking pogos on it. What's a pogo, you might say? Corn dog. Do you want chopped up corn dogs on your poutine, Barrett? Maybe. You do. I'm telling you. Okay. You heard it here first. Cloud Chamber will join the company's family of wholly owned development teams, including Visual Concepts, Firaxis Games, Hangar 13, Cat Daddy Games, Cat Daddy Games and baby. 2K Silicon Valley. I have not heard of Cat Daddy I don't Games. Know. I don't I'm think. unaware of Cat Daddy I don't games. think, but go get them, Cat Daddy. Meow. Cat. Meow. Coming back. Um, Timothy. Yes, Bioshock's back. Very exciting stuff. Is uh, it? I I think so. Okay. Why Why, why would it not be? I mean, I, he, I mean, he like, kind of lays it all out there. Bioshock, one of the most critically acclaimed franchises, totally missed this generation of consoles. I think that's what's exciting about, it, especially hearing this that it's it is a ways away. Guess what that means? We got a year to the next next gen. Is Bioshock whatever it's going to be the next one going to be one of the like like the Bloodborne type titles of next generation where it's like. Oh man, now next gen is really starting to kick up where we're getting the like second wave of titles like past launch. Yeah. You know? That seems like a good time to me. I guess. This is Ken's not working on it. And now, don't get me wrong, I know he didn't work on Bioshock 2. Bioshock 2 was 2K Marin, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And, uh, nobody really liked Bioshock 2 with that the exception is... of the DLC. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, to me, this is kind of, and not to the exact same extent, but kind of like, hey, we're making a Metal Gear without Hideo. It's like, all right. I, I wish you luck, but that's just an empty name until... I, but I feel like it's been long enough like, in the same way that if they were to make a Metal Gear without Hideo now, and like there's a chance. We just watched the Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer. We sure did. There's a chance that, that the... 
there would be the same type of reverence for Metal Gear and for Solid Snake and for this because it's the people that grew up with it that are making it and really give a shit. Yeah. I feel like it's been long enough from, from, from Bioshock point. that it's people that like are like, we, we understand what it means and we need to, to live up to that. Will that be the case? I don't know. We, we have to see, obviously. It's so early. There's nothing to, to look at right now. Yeah. But I think that they know the importance of, of Bioshock and they really can't fuck it up. Like They need to put out something that is not just another shooter. You know, yeah, it needs to be something that is that is a lot more special. I feel like the fact that they took an entire generation off is go- going to help them a lot because it's not like people are going to be like, oh, it's just another one. It's just another one. It's going to be an event. It's going to be special. All eyes on it. And it reminds me of Metroid back in the day when it's like we went so long without a Metroid game because it was Super Nintendo. It wasn't until GameCube that we got a new Metroid. And when that happened, it was like this amazing experience, right? Yeah, like Metroid Prime changed the game. I can see Bioshock changing the game again okay now i like you say i have two questions related to all this but i want to jump into the second story on the rubber report because it kind of speaks to what you're saying basically they didn't have reverence they tried to get another one out but then when it didn't come together they were just like whatever number two on the roper report is that this isn't the first crack at another bioshock jason akitaku has this this morning video game publisher 2k announced that it had formed a new studio to work on a brand new bioshock game the fourth in the popular sci-fi series it won't be out for several years the publisher said What 2K didn't say is that the project has already been in the works since at least 2015, although it's been rebooted since then. The truth is that Bioshock 4, codenamed Parkside, has existed for years according to four people familiar with the project. Long before today's announcement that a new company called Cloud Chamber will develop the next Bioshock, 2K had contracted an outside studio to do it. In 2015, Parkside was entering development at Certain Affinity, the Austin, Texas-based studio best known for helping out on huge shooters like Halo and Call of Duty. This was a big opportunity for Certain Affinity, which, is found, which was founded in 2006 by ex-Bungie developer Max Hoberman and had mostly subsisted on contract work for external publishers. By the end of 2016, however, 2K had pulled the project out of Austin and decided to take the next Bioshock in-house, rebooting it in the process. Parentheses, 2K did not immediately respond to a request for comment this morning. It is not clear why Certain Affinity's version of Parkside was canceled. We've heard different versions of the story from different people, but by 2017, 2K had moved it to Novato, California, where the publisher's corporate offices are based. In the coming months, 2K started quietly recruiting staff, including some of whom had worked on Mafia 3 at Hangar 13 next door. This Parkside team stayed small as their new Bioshock entered early pre-production. The team remained quiet, even after a Kotaku report revealed its existence in April 2018. And today... Two years after the studio formed, 2K has finally announced its existence, along with a sister studio in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. The timing's what's weird to me. Is like, why? Why today? This okay. like seems like such a soft announcement of a Bioshock game. I would say it's more about the studio itself, right? Yeah. They're working on a Bioshock. Great. The press release ends, of course, with them saying, "If you'd like to work on this, or you know, blah, blah, here's okay. the link for uh, employment places to go look for, or you know, jobs we're looking for." Yeah. So you assume that you go in 2015 to certain affinity. Hey, here's they pitch the game. All right, cool. We're going go work on it. 2017, it was it that you pull out of it, and you're like, you know, you know what, this isn't good enough. We don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. Uh, well, by 2017, they had moved. Oh, end of 2016. However, they pulled the project out. You pull it out. This isn't what we want. This isn't up to our quality. It isn't where, you know, we just had a change of heart, whatever mm-hmm. it is. I'm not talking shit about certain infinity. You figure then what? So 2017, two years of pre-pro on it, moving around, figuring it. They must now be at a point where they have a 
prototype and a vertical slice and everything else were like, this is the game. We have it. This is great. We're fully green lit. Let's go. Yeah. So you announce the studio so you can start and the project so you can start encouraging talented developers, artists, everybody else to come out there and work. But I mean, do you need the Bioshock name to do that? You can't. Like I feel like 2K. Is I think big it goes enough. back to what you're saying, though. Well, I, 2K is big enough a name, but I also don't think 2K is big enough a name that has like the best reputation, especially yeah. with like a studio that they're like newly building and stuff. Yeah, I, I think that like that name of Bioshock, and for I assume a lot of people who are making games who have Bioshock is like a great inspiration and get that attention to them of like, oh shit, like. I could possibly go work on a Bioshock game. Let me let me. Yeah, try I think to when you look at like, like Hangar 13 stuff and Mafia 3 stuff, right? Like, I don't think you're, and I'm not saying those games were bad or the, like they were like tortured or anything like that at the point, but I, I just don't think it's like, man, 2, 2K is the place to work. That's where I want to go. Look at visual concepts with this WWE stuff, right? Where they're mm-hmm. just like totally underneath the bus about it because uh, Uke's moved on. I think it is that idea of it's a new studio and yeah, you get to work on Bioshock is a big selling point. Because back to your point, these are the people who, quote unquote, grew up, at least professionally, grew up or got were, you know, probably in school working on trying to get into games when they were playing Bioshock and be like, this is fucking next level. Yeah. I mean, if that's all the case, that's all good news then. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this, that's a great way to announce it. And that I, sounds very specific to me, where I, I like that just sounds like not how they normally do this type of stuff. Yeah. For a game that's not announced, you know? Yeah. But whatever. Like, if that's the case, that's awesome. Like, we just saw, like, um, with, with Borderlands, right? It's like they took forever to announce three yep. like we predicted it every single time there was any show that it could have showed up at yeah for like four years right yeah and it finally happened we're gonna get another bioshock at some point and i just feel like this kind of now like puts in the thing of like oh this is when we're gonna see it this is where we're gonna see it and then i i think bioshock is a unique franchise in the sense that ken levine's tied to it yeah so there is this kind of visionary associated with "Quote unquote, the good ones, and that always complicates matters when you're when you're coming up with something new. Are people should we just drop it and never make another Bioshock just because he's not part of it? I don't know. One side I can see an argument for the other side is Bioshock can mean so much more than that. And that's the thing is like I think we get so hung up on our bubble and echo chamber and everything else where we understand that Ken Levine not being there, we understand that Hideo Kojima not working on Metal Gear is a huge deal. The millions of people who play these games don't. No. They see the title and they're like, oh, I like those kind of games. Totally. And I mean, they, we, they don't know who made every, each and every Assassin's Creed. Like, even seeing it with, with Infinite, right? With Bioshock Infinite, I feel like that game was really divisive. But guess yeah. what? So many people really loved it. And now we're seeing the games of the decade conversations. And I'm seeing it mentioned a lot. So it's like, I, I feel, and granted, like he was involved with that one, but um, it still wasn't. Sure. What no, no, it wasn't. Wanted. It wasn't Bioshock 1 again. Yeah. It was like, oh, man, this is way more of a shooter than it is. But it was still fantastic yeah. people still loved it so it's like i think that we can still get a bioshock that might not be what every bioshock one fan wants yeah but i don't know but if I, that's possible and, that's and i don't is, know if that's even the goal and i don't even know if that's yeah i agree with you on that i think at this point three bioshocks in two of them being ken games now two of them not being ken games let alone the fact that infinite was so different than bioshock uh, the original i think you get to a point yeah that bioshock doesn't mean that bioshock moves more to an assassin's creed part Wait, right two ken two non-ken yeah, well, this one will be the second non-Ken game. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah, okay, it's, like, it's, it's, not, it's not like Kojima, where there's been however many Metal Gears, right? Yeah. And now, like, don't forget about Metal Gear Survive, everybody. But even outside of that, yeah, you know, there's other things. I think it's cool. I, I feel like video games are better having Bioshock be one of their, their the big marquee titles. Sure. And I think that we are moving towards a world where there are less giant marquee third-party games. That yeah, are that's being true. Pushed. Like, I feel like Ubisoft are the ones that are, like, really 
really like making sure that their portfolio is deep. Otherwise, you look at Activision and stuff, and it is just it's Call of Duty, man. Yeah. And you look at EA, and it's like it, it's it's to the point where when you see a press conference at uh, E3, for, like there's a reason Activision doesn't do them. Wouldn't be that exciting. They can just put their games on PlayStation or Xbox, and they're going to, and it's going to be Call of Duty. Yeah, EA, you can kind of just guess. Okay, it's it's a Battlefield year. It's a Battlefront year. There's no real surprise. Having Bioshock, I think, is like a, this is something different. Let's get these questions in here. Probably Oliver writes into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games says, "What's good, Greg and Tim? A new Bioshock is sort of an announced, and we're unlikely to see it for a few years. Is this a good strategy?" Bioshock is one of my most loved franchises. One and Infinite were two of the best narrative games I've ever played, and the gameplay of two was superb. I just worry that announcing a game from such a beloved and revered franchise years before it's expected to see the light of day will just result in disappointment. Us Bioshock nerds are going to get all hyped up, and whatever comes out of this news is unlikely to ever live up to that. Should developers hold off on announcements until there's something concrete to show, or is it worth getting the ball rolling this early? I feel like we kind of just talked about this, and, and you guys brought up a really good point about why you would announce recruitment. this way early for recruitment stuff. I I am always a big proponent of announcing video games in a multitude of ways. I feel like there needs to be the games that are announced and three months later uh, come come out. Yeah. I think that there needs to be the Death Strandings that are announced years ahead, and we have this like big thing, like tentpole event uh, coming that like we get drip fed information little by little. It's exciting, and I just think that it's good to have difference in how all these things are done, or else things start to feel super disposable. Like, and and that's where we see a lot of you know media trending towards, where it's like an, an artist drops a, an album, a music album, and then you devour it a weeks, weekend. Yeah, two weeks later, if even two weeks later, a yeah. week later, it's what's next? What's next? What's next? You know, you're either onto another artist or hoping that this artist puts out something new. Yeah, and it's like I I don't want that necessarily. To, I don't want that to happen to video games. I think that it can exist in a in a lot of different ways, but that also translates to to Netflix and translates to TV and how people well, we, consume stuff. This is a conversation that comes up a lot, and I see it as a question a lot too. Is the fact that the movie industry and TV industry is so different in how they announce things versus video games. Mm-hmm. Where you know uh, we've known about Ghostbusters Afterlife for how many months, years now, or whatever, and then you're finally getting a trailer today, and the trailer's still hype, even though I knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. The trailer's still hype, even though I wanted to be the guy who was on subreddit and like seeing all the things and seeing the photos of the farmhouse and like you know all this other shit. Here, and I understand what you're saying, uh, probably Oliver, about being a Bioshock nerd. I get it. I think. You knowing it's coming doesn't take away from the fact when it does get announced. Because I, you know, I don't think they're gonna, you know, totally telegraph when they're dropping their trailer at Game Awards 2021 or whatever. You know what I mean? Or what event it's gonna be shown at, or how it's gonna be going. Sure, now when you know, like you're saying, every time we get into a prediction thing, probably once we cross into the once we're post new consoles, it will be when you, uh, you know it's E3. Maybe we see you know what is totally. Bioshock's mean there, That's but you don't know what it looks like. It's I, I love that type of stuff. And and to your point about Ghostbusters, I actually think Ghostbusters is an example most similar to the Fallout situation where we didn't know about Ghostbusters Afterlife forever for a long time. It was like a like it sounded like one of those fake rumors of like this isn't going to really happen. It, it was kind of made. Behind the scenes, then we got the date, and that was like last year, though, right? Yeah, like that's a real tight turnaround for that type of thing. You look at like the Marvel side, and we know we have at least dates for the next four years. That's yeah. how movies are made. Yeah. Video games have always had that unique ability of hype cycle and of marketing materials. No other industry has an E3, 
where it's like, hey, we're just going to do these press conferences where we just announce trailer after trailer after trailer of things, right? C-E-S, you piece of but shit. But they don't do... Point, I win. But they don't... They don't there's not the same type of <laughs> press conference. Like you, don't feel like you can't stuff. clap for me. You can clap for me. It's fine. No, I had to put something down to clap for you. Thank you very much. CES, honestly, is probably the closest, the closest thing yeah. because it's like we do see new lines of, of tech from like, here's Samsung's new TVs. Here's LG's new TVs. Like, they do have these like yearly refreshes and yeah. we are now starting to see... Not starting to see. It's been a decade, but... Um, Google having its Google Home events or Apple every year having its its iOS events and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the equivalent we're seeing of PlayStation State of Play or Nintendo Direct or whatever. But even those are that they're much more hardware based. Whereas like we're, we don't see movie studios come out and show trailer, trailer, trailer publicly. Like those things happen, upfronts happen, like yeah, that yeah, exists. Yeah, yeah. But there's not this like reverence of like an expectation that at this date every year this thing's gonna happen. When Marvel did it with the Phase 3 and Phase 4 announcements, that was unique and different, you know? And I yeah. feel like that's what makes it exciting. And that's what I'm talking about is I like the difference. I like that it, there doesn't need to be a rule of how things are done because that keeps things exciting. Uh, next question comes from Riot Goes Jingle, kindoffunny.com, Patreon. Uh, hey there, KFGD crew. With Bioshock 4 being announced, do you think we'll ever? Do you think we'll see the game return to its survival horror roots, or will we something more akin to Bioshock Infinite? What would you like to see? Me personally, I would love to, something that goes for the same feeling of isolation and despair as the first Bioshock. This is one of the reasons I kept the president's quote in there, right? I thought he actually he sums up what he thinks Bioshock is, right? Uh, and of course, it's on the other page. We can't wait to see where its powerful narrative and iconic first-person shooter gameplay head in the future. With our new studio team at Cloud Chamber leading the charge. Um, it was, I remember being at IGN back in the day when this launched, or Bioshock One launched, right, two thousand seven, and it was that conversation of genre because it what obviously it's first-person. Obviously, you're using guns. But ammo is so scarce, right? Like, the big daddies were always so intimidating and so interesting that you didn't want to fight them. You wanted to get by them quietly and not engage necessarily. Or, you know, you do risk it and you hopefully get, uh, you know, the thing from Little Sister to make yourself more powerful. Um, I personally want to see you go back more, more the survival route. I thought that as somebody who played uh, one and infinite, I never played two, um, I missed that. I thought infinite had good ideas and a really cool setting and really great acting and everything but i just thought like the gameplay was so first person shooter that it just went into the shooter category that i wasn't down with i mean you know i brought up metroid prime earlier and it's it's the same idea right where it's it's the first person adventure game it's not a first person shooter um in the traditional sense and i think that there's something special about those games being not annualized and having the time to just be their own unique experiences I don't want it to be Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite. I want it to be mm-hmm. its own thing where it introduces something different. See, I'm with the you on that. The feelings of isolation, the, the themes and ideas, the atmosphere, all that, sure. I'd rather it lean more towards the Bioshock 1 than Bioshock uh, Infinite. But I, I also feel like that the, it's just the action side because the visuals and the world of Infinite were so awesome that I, I want to see the next step in that direction. I'm with you on that. And I would take it even a step further that I wish they didn't, say, they didn't put it in a box like that. Of like, ah, uh, you know, it's iconic story and first-person shooter gameplay. I wish it was just like a more nebulous quote that left us to wonder if it was going to be a first-person shooter, let alone the fact that I wish internally they were like, what is Bioshock? Yeah. Bioshock is great stories, you know, in uh, breathtaking environments that make you think and make your heart race and like leave it at that and then like let yeah. the best people you're bringing in. And granted, we're already um, – this is already – ways uh, the new Bioshock is already on the rails or whatever like but really what do you think of what do you want where do you think it would be yeah 
Totally. I want a combination of uh, the two. Did I fucking <clears throat> ask you for it? Did I ask you? No. You better start knowing your fucking place. All right. But I really love Bioshock, and I just want to you know, put my thought out there. All right, cool. I'm down there. Yeah, what, did you ever play <clears throat> Minerva's Den, that DLC that Steve no, Gaynor made? No, I didn't. Uh, Here's the best just, DLC of all time. Of yeah, I, I hear it's fucking phenomenal. It's Steve uh, Gaynor. And I, and I have the uh, Bioshock collection, so like I do have access to it, so yeah. I want to try to go back. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a way to combine the... Um, the feeling of epicness in Infinite, but also the like more of the intricate design of um, not gameplay specifically, but kind of like level design and how everything. Sure, environment. Like, yeah, like the. That's what I, I mean. Infinite was beautiful, and it was so my jam on all levels. And then when I got there, and it was just running and shooting. Like I distinctly remember one final, uh, not final, but like in the run up to the end. Uh, doing the rail stuff around this airship mm-hmm. and just doing it for like what felt like 10 minutes. It must have been like three or four, yeah. but it's just like shooting things and picking them off. And I was like, this doesn't feel like Bioshock yeah. that I'm trying to game the system to fight this stupid guy and get out of here. I, I think there's a way to to do both. I am more inclined, to, more likely to say that Infinite, like the gameplay for Infinite is probably what they're going to go for. And then when it comes to like vibe and tone and all that stuff, I yeah. hope they go for something different because that's what I liked about the relationship between one and infinite is like how different it is in telling their own stories. Sure. And I, I would love that for a follow-up. Uh, before we move on, I would like to ask, of course, for one moment of silence for, of course, the Bioshock Vita game that we never got. But Ken, Ken, remember, Ken brought it out. We're very he excited did. about this thing. So he just, did. All right, number three on the Roper Report. Let me, let me hijack number three here, Greg. Do it. Uh, this comes from windowscentral.com. Inside the target specs of the next Xbox, Project Scarlet, Anaconda, and Lockhart. Uh, Microsoft's gearing up to reveal Xbox Scarlet in full in the near future, and we finally got some credible information on the target specs. We believe the information we've received below from multiple sources, but as always, take these rumors with a pinch of salt until we get official confirmation next year. Uh, in the 2019 reveal video... Uh, Xbox Cloud architect Kareem Kadri said Scarlet could eat monsters for breakfast, and indeed, Anaconda looks as though it will be able to. According to several sources familiar with Microsoft's plans, Anaconda's targeting around 12 teraflops. Oh, man, that's a lot of flops. Of, of computing power compared to the Xbox One X's 6 teraflops. Fuck that thing. That thing sucked. And the Xbox One S's 1.4. Are Lockhart, you fucking kidding me? 1.4? Get the fuck out of here, S. Lockhart, conversely, will sport around 4 teraflops, uh, so less powerful than the X. Currently, um, and according to marketing materials we've seen previously, it is being positioned as the most affordable entry into the next gen. Uh, it's important to know, however, that Teraflops doesn't really tell the entire story of the next gen. Blah blah blah, ray tracing. They st- talk about a lot of that stuff. Um, both Lockout and Anaconda reportedly support eight CPU cores, targeting around three point five gigahertz. Um, and then they go into talking about the RAM. Uh, target, we're told that at least Anaconda will guarantee 13 gigabytes of RAM for games with 3 gigabytes on the OS for a total of 16 gigabytes of RAM. Uh, the X, by comparison, offered a maximum of 9 for games, Get that shit uh, which often varied based on what the OS was doing. Microsoft also said in its reveal uh, video that the SSD could be used to throw in virtual RAM as necessary. Uh, games with load times anywhere up to a minute will be reduced to mere seconds. Um, so we're seeing a bit more uh, the similar type of conversation conversations between PlayStation and um, Xbox in terms of what the focus of next gen is going to be. And it seems like SSD loading, all of that is, is a, a prime 
That's the future, man. See, it's the future. All this exciting. I know it just sounds like a bunch of numbers and stuff, but the context of how much more powerful the Anaconda is going to be compared to the X. Yeah, yeah. That's insane because the X is such a beast already. Yeah. Um, and, Do you and think PlayStation is going back to with them? having the two systems? I think is. I was a little like, like, huh, when it sounded like there wasn't going to be the Lockhart, and yeah. then, <laughs> then like within three months, like, no, 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 it is. Um, I think it's a good call. For, for that. I think 100% too. I think, you know, I think when you look at uh, PlayStation 3, I remember that being such a weird thing. Mm-hmm. We're putting out two for different versions. Like, that's confusing. Why would you do that? And then I think you look at where we are now in 2019, where we'll be in 2020, where it is. How many different versions of the iPhone are there? And you get it. You understand it. And you want, if you want to put your money towards power, if you want to put your money towards, you know, the value, there's different reasons there for it. Especially when we are in a place that is so service-based at right. this point, And people understand what Game Pass is and what it's going to be. Uh, and, and just ecosystems kind of function differently, and they aren't just where do I get my trophies or achievements. I feel sure. like it's way more tied into people's everyday lives and, and other services that they use. Cool stuff. We're just like there's just going to be more and more. Do you think like this thing's going to come out and be more powerful than PlayStation Five? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's. I, I really don't think there's a chance PlayStation can because they've already started talking about their stuff and yeah. their specs. You know? And like, I don't necessarily think that they need to. No. I think it's going to be good enough. Um, we're hitting a point where just like HD gaming is. It works, you yeah. know. The 4K 60 that there's going to be that benchmark that I, I feel like everyone's going to strive to hit next gen, and I think that it's going to work for a lot of it, but not necessarily for everything. I think that's fine, um, but I'm excited for it. I definitely Anaconda. I want there to always be somebody in the console game that's just like, no, no, no we're trying to be the best. We are trying to push this and like make sure that we can say our system is the best, is the strongest. Of course. Um, Because that's where the benchmarks then will be made. However, the downside of that is it is lowest common denominator. So whenever there's a game that's not an exclusive title, it's going to be designed to be good enough. That good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everything else is just enhanced instead of optimized. Yeah. Okay. Can you slack this to me? Yes. Thank you. Number four. Nintendo Indie World is coming to your eyeballs tomorrow. This is a uh, press release I got from Nintendo. A new Nintendo Indie World showcase is almost here. Tune in tomorrow, Tuesday, December 10th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's four hours after PlayStation State of Play. uh, For roughly 20 minutes of information on some upcoming indie games for Nintendo Switch. Cool. Excited? Did that do it for you? That blow your skirt up? Uh, it's been a long time since we've gotten an indie show from Nintendo. I, I don't even remember when the last one was. Um, I don't know. There's so many announcements. There's so much shit going on that I kind of feel like I, I don't have the, the hype in me to be excited for yeah, this, yeah. Uh, especially like right after a state of play that I'm assuming we're going right to get before the game Awards. Resident Evil 3 and right before the Game Awards. It's fine. Indies need a place, and thank you. Uh, oh, they do. Remember, we were the place for them last year. The Kind of Funny Game Showcase. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. I appreciate that That the val- the industry saw value in that. Oh, man, <laughs> that there timing. should be something there. And now both State of Play and Nintendo are there. Not that I'm saying they're copying us because they didn't. We copied PSX. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's awesome that we're back. Remember last year we did mm-hmm. the whole thing and we're like, we'll do the press conference. We'll make a showcase because I love how hyped this week is. Yeah. And it, so we did that. And then this week it's like, okay. Fuck that Ghostbusters trailer, State of Play, Nintendo. Here comes Jeff. What's the fuck's gonna happen? It's awesome. It's gonna be a lot, man. This is a very exciting week, and it's you know we're we're wrapping up this decade really strong. Like with announcements going into next year, we already know next year is super stacked. What we don't know is a lot of the the smaller indie titles. We haven't gotten updates on a lot of things uh, in a while. We have Shovel Knight out now. Out, it's like yeah. needing, needing it's crazy, I, right? You're, you're definitely gonna get some type of mention or push there. Yeah, which is great. Like you need to remind people, hey, that thing that we've talked about forever, it's actually out. Yeah, and you should care. Here's why. Uh, but yeah, this 
it's always hard with the Nintendo indie showcases because we're at a point where there was a while where it's like the Switch is this new hot thing, and it was like let's port every classic uh, indie game, make sure it's there. Like, what are we missing? We're not really missing much now. Like, yeah, games are just kind of the new indies come out on Switch. It's kind of just expected. Yeah, um, and a lot of the more legacy stuff is there or will not be there for licensing reasons or this that or the other. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't. Ex- it's it's hard to get hype for the unknown. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, AJ points out, and you're wrong. The last Nintendo Indie Showcase was August nineteenth, twenty nineteen. Cool. Uh, is there a chance we'll have react? I mean, that's during the normal. Oh, we got to figure this out. We got to figure out. What we got to figure it out. I, Am I, I mean, napping here between like seven and in ten? I still got to watch Solo <laughs> at some point, so I might do it between. Don't you fucking try to watch that shit while I'm here? I'm napping back there. Yeah. I don't need to fucking see this like, dice. I have my headphones. No, down. Han Solo. <laughs> no. That movie is really fun. And it is not. It's it really bad. I've seen your bad takes, and that's what's wrong with your generation. Y'all got the brain rot. You y'all got a dumb wa- generation. Y'all wa- what was that show you loved? What was that dumb cartoon you loved growing up? Cat Dog. Cat. No, I love bitch. Cat Dog. I don't want to insult you Cat Dog. Bitch, you like Cat Dog. Cat Dog's a great show. <laughs> it is. I only so, know the so shows well. that we both like, so I can't insult any of them. You're bulletproof right now, and I hate it. <laughs> Fuck you, Greg. Uh, but no, Solo's terrible. It's just terrible. Number five on the Roper Report, Minecraft PS4 is getting cross-play tomorrow. This is Matt Kim at IGN.com. Minecraft has announced that starting tomorrow, December 10th, 2019, the bedrock version of the popular crafting RPG will be coming to PlayStation 4. And along with it comes cross-platform play between the PS4 and other bedrock editions of Minecraft on other consoles. What, that, what is bedrock? It's the version that is the cross-play one. It's, it would be like a, like a 4.0. They could call it like 4.0 update cool. or whatever. okay. That means starting on December 10th, Minecraft players on PlayStation 4 can cross-platform play with others on the Xbox One, PC, Nintendo Switch, and iOS and Android versions. This also means that the PlayStation 4 players will have their Minecraft purchases and progress carry over across different platforms and gain access to the Minecraft marketplace. This is a digital store where players can purchase worlds, skins, minigames, and mashup packs. The Bedrock update will be a free update for PlayStation 4 versions of Minecraft and will automatically be downloaded when it goes live. It will finally deliver console parity to the PlayStation 4 version of the popular builder. As a great man, Chris Jericho, once said, break the walls down. I guess he technically didn't say it. it. Someone else said it. The the person in the song saying it. Yeah, Yeah, for him, on his behalf. Yeah, I love this man, little by little. Let's let's move into a next gen that just means cross-play, cross-save, cross-everything. Yeah, I'll cross it off everything. the list. You know what I mean? That's the list. Yeah, Jericho. The list. Yeah, exactly. See what I'm doing there? Uh, yeah, it's about time. You know what I mean? I'm glad they're done protecting the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stupidest fucking thing you could have said, Jim Ryan. Oh, what about the kids? Yeah, what about fun. the kids? We don't want to give anybody else money, but you had to, and here you go. It's all yeah. done. Fortnite, Rocket League, Minecraft, it's all happening. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, everybody. We won. Uh, number six on the Roper Report. It's confirmed Bayonetta and Vanquish are coming. The tweet from Sega reads, 10 years after their original debut, Bayonetta and Sam Gideon return to the Bayonetta and Vanquish 10th anniversary bundle on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on February 18th, 2020. You can pre-order the Steelbook bundle today featuring new cover art for both games. This is a rumor last week. Here it is. Confirmed. Lovely. Yeah? Two great games. Did you you play Vanquish? Fantastic game. Yeah, I always started and never finished it. So damn cool. Yeah. Just the coolest game ever. Okay. Yeah. Why didn't I get a sequel, you think? Just didn't sell well enough? Yeah, probably not. Uh, Bayonetta, though. Bayonetta. Yeah, come on now. They've kept it's coming. coming. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. One day. I think Game Awards. Imran was saying it, and I believe him. He's right. He's a smart cook. He is a smart cook. 
Number seven. <laughs> I don't think that's the same. I think he has a cookie. It's not, yeah, but it's, you know. But he could also be. I don't. I don't know if Imran's a good chef. Imran's a good chef. He's see, always. He's usually know. watching, so I'll wait to see him correct me on text. Don't. Buy, I'm turning off D and D because you know I leave it on. I don't want to be smart cook. Are, are you a smart cook, Imran Khan? Let us know here in the thing as well. Uh, number seven, and finally on the Roper Report, Elder Scrolls Legend development is on hold. This is James Bachelor, GamesIndustry.biz. The team behind the Elder Scrolls Legend has ceased development on the game. In an announcement on the company's community via Reddit, the publisher announced that all new content developer or releases have been put on hold for the foreseeable future. The game's roadmap had previously suggested one more expansion pack would be released before the end of the year, but these plans have been scrapped. However, Bethesda has assured that it will continue to support the game with regular in-game events and reward cards every month, as well as ongoing maintenance and support. It is also clarified that the development and release of the Asia-specific version, which operates separately, will not be affected and will, quote, inform our decisions on content and future development going forward. It was further stressed that both versions of Legends would continue to operate after the launch of the Asia edition and will not be merged, keeping their player bases separate. It is not clear whether the plans for the console version of the Elder Scrolls Legends have been scrapped as well. GamesIndustry.biz has reached out to Bethesda for clarification. The publisher announced it would be bringing the game to Xbox One, PS4, and Switch at E3 2018. Hmm. The only reason this is here is because hopefully it gets us one step closer to not having to hear about Legends during the Bethesda press conference. You don't want a 15-minute CG trailer? I don't. I think no. we can just keep moving. Remember just a the better kitty, clip. The kitty? The kitty? Oh, no, I don't remember the kitty. Or was that online? Elder Scrolls Online. I don't fucking remember. Uh, no, Elder Scrolls Online had the cats for a while. Yeah, yeah those they had kitty the thing cats. There. Yeah. No, but this is always the one where we go pee. So it's like, mm. cool, let's just, mm. let's just cut it out. Uh, if you're enjoying it, go for it. If you're not, don't. I agree. Tim? Yeah. I can't wait to see what Pete Hines says on our annual phone call when we call him at E3 2020 right before he goes out on stage. But that phone call still so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops today. Where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Out today, Ashen on PlayStation 4 and Switch. GTFO on PC. eFootball Pez 2020 Lite on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Sanctum Breach on PC. Earthshine on PC and Mac. The Frog Detective 2, The Case of the Invisible Wizard <laughs> on PC and what Mac. What is it? And Shoot Push Portals on PC. Oh, that sounds fun. But frog, Detective about 2, the frog Detective 2, The Case 2. of the Invisible Wizard. Go get him, Frog Detective. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's got a cute he's, art he's style. A frog. I, I, get the, I got the press release about this earlier. And didn't That's a penguin. Warlock, a couple of days ago, new resident. I do in. not like a how the text automates in. No? Animates, not automates. A new entry to the Frog Detective series. Yes! <laughs> oh, man, we have been Go sleeping. fucking get him, Frog Detective. Put this shit out on PlayStation. Wow. With your magnifier. Uh-huh. Yeah, straight up. I'm straight up Frog Detective right now. This man. is a Cool Greg-ass game, and man. Notebook. Cool Greg is going to cool be Greg. the best Frog Detective I've ever seen. <laughs> Are you? I need. Can we get Shock Mike turned up? You watch this trailer here for Frog Detective Two, and we need to know how in you are, because we seem like it's you're pretty in on this one. I based like frogs and mysteries, but I don't know about being a detective. Okay, okay. I, I don't. I don't. Th he's like a PI. I don't think he's like working for the Fuzz. Veronica Mars, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Veronica Mars. Good job, Cougar. <laughs> you got a magnifying glass and everything. It's the case of the Invisible Wizard, Cougar. Yeah. I think 
Yeah, all right, good. That's what I want to hear, cool guy. That's exciting. Uh, new dates for you. Uh, we have a delay to start things off. The Fishing Barrent Sea Complete Edition on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One has been delayed to December 13th. The game will still release on Switch tomorrow. Uh, Pawarium is coming to PlayStation 4 February 2020. Sword Art Online Alicization Lacorus is uh, will be released on May 22nd, 2020 for the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Gunlord Cross Blasts. Nope, that's not right. Gunlord X comes to PlayStation 4 December 10th. And then Elastic Games is dying to announce that last year, After Dark Chapter 1 officially launches on Steam at midnight Eastern Time on Tuesday, December 10th. Uh, deal of the day for you. Yes, Your Grace has its first chapter free right now on Steam if you wanted to play that. Fun. Exactly. Now... It's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooklinen. Making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. You spend a third of your life in your sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? In this holiday season, it's time to gift the ones you love or yourself with something a little cozier, like bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Lucky for you, Brooklyn is celebrating their days of gifting uh, with daily promotions on different items. Uh, They're home, of course, the favorite sheets. You've heard me talk about them. Over uh, 50,000 five-star reviews. It's what I sleep on. It's what I love. You see a a photo of Porty in the bed. They're on the Brooklyn sheets. He's so cute. He is very cute. You see that Santa one? Oh, yeah. Did you see my video of, did, of yeah. Joey watching? Uh, yeah. Brooklyn was the first direct-to-consumer betting company, meaning they directly work with manufacturers and directly with consumers. No middlemen. They just provide a great product and service. Uh, they've moved beyond the bedroom to offer essentials for your bathroom, like towels, shower curtains, and bath mats, and even launched ultra-soft loungewear that makes you feel like you never left the bed. This holiday season, it's likely your mission to make you and your loved ones comfortable as well. So why not give the gift of softness with the luxury gift of Brook Linen? Luxury sheets, robes, loungewear, towels, and more. All luxury products without the luxury markup. Right now, brooklinen.com is having their days of gifting, where each day they have promotions on different surprise items. Brooklinen is so confident in their products that all their sheets, comforters, towels, and more come with a lifetime warranty. The only way... To get access to Brooklinen's Days of Gifting event and free shipping is to go to brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And if you're just hearing this and it's after the holiday season, you can still use the promo code GAMES at brooklinen.com for 10% off and free shipping anytime. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Brooklinen.com. Games. Promo code GAMES. Uh, now it's time for Quip. We love Quip. I love Quip. I brought I my team Quip. today. You're not in the shot. You quiet down over there. I love Quip. We all love Quip here. We're all using it. It's a great toothbrush. Uh, the holiday shopping season is here, and this year you can gift uh, a good habit with Quip. Quip is something that's sure to put a smile on everyone's mouth because it's dental care they'll actually want to use every day. Uh, that's why it's the perfect thoughtful and practical gift with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and toothpaste, all intentionally designed to make good habits simple. The Quip electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations and a timer with 30-second pulses to guide your routine, and the Quip floss dispenser has pre-marked strings so you always use the right amount. Plus, Quip delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months. Join over 3 million happy customers and check everyone off your list right now with Quip. Just go to getquip.com games to save on gift sets and to get your first refill pack free with the refill plan. Uh, that's your first refill at getquip.com games. Getquip.com games. Final sponsor of the day. Manscaped. Support for Kind of Funny Games Daily comes from Manscaped, who offers 
the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untribbed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Me and Tim both use it. Uh, We're told all the time our balls look great. I heard it several times this weekend. That's why. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The lawnmower 2.0 comes inside their Perfect Package 2.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. Of course, it comes with that deodorant, the crop preserver. You're getting all of it in that package. The Perfect Package. We'll also come with a pair of Manscaped boxer briefs that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. Uh, Tis the season to Manscaped, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GAMES at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Manscaped.com, code GAMES. It's true. Use them codes. Do it. Questions. Comments. 2038. Pokemon CEO mm-hmm. writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, are we as an advanced society going to ignore Greg beating his first Pokemon game? How was it, Greg? Why this game? Tim, Why looking back game? on your Sword and Shields marketing, what worked and what did not? Mm. Do you prefer the Super Smash Brothers route where everything is shown or Pokemon where a handful of characters are then leaked a few days before launch? <laughs> well, definitely not the Pokemon route. But also, I, I don't think that uh, Smash Brothers route works for a game like Pokemon. I, I feel like the magic of Pokemon is not knowing a lot of the things. And the more you know, the less fun it is uh, to actually go through it for the first time. And that, to me, is probably like the biggest detriment that I've had with uh, Sword and Shield, as, and especially with Sun and Moon. I feel like everything was like laid out for us. There were no surprises. Um, but it, it's just tough. Like I feel like with the marketing, they, they ideally would stop the nostalgia pandering, pandering yeah. or at least chill it out so that when they do it, it's a big deal. The amount of time, I was like, cool, we're going to get a Pikachu. We're going to see this goddamn Pikachu. And now Eevee, I guess, is a big deal. Eevee all of a sudden is some real uh, retconning of, of history here yeah. with Eevee. We all love Eevee. Adorable. Fantastic. Thank Evolutions. Like all of it. Such a great, cool thing. Eevee was never this like I- truth, iconic <laughs> character. Yeah. Right? On a Pikachu level. But hey, good for them. They forced it into existence. They're making it work. I'm sounding really negative right now. I don't mean to be. Uh, I just wish that Pokemon would kind of take a step back and just do things a little bit differently. It's going to be all new monsters. You, you, every time you see something, you're going to be surprised. It's not going to be just predictable. Here's a rat and here's a flying Pokemon that I'm going to have for most of my journey, but then eventually give up on them because flying types, not suck, the business. Man, suck, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, we didn't game awards uh, predictions is what we did on the games cast available now youtube.com slash kind of funny games uh, So we didn't talk about what we've been playing. Do you want to save Pokemon impressions for there? Do you want to talk about it here? What's happening this week on oh this week's this week's, life is yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah, we're so doing fuck the fuck yeah, we're, yeah, we're, about it yeah you can talk because we're doing the Pokemon uh, spoiler cast Yeah, that's gonna be too. a part of that or not, but uh, uh, I video game what club. we'll see we're doing the video game club for Pokemon Yeah, it's on uh, the counter Barrett week, and right? whoever else is available Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I had fun. It's Pokemon. You know what I mean? Like I think I was able to stick with it this time 
come around because I liked the quality of life stuff they did. And Switch, I, I think, helped a yeah, lot. Yeah, of course. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think it was right, right game at the right time, right? Going on, you know, going flying to London, right? And then to Paris. And Jen is into it, too. So it was that thing of, like, I have long flights. I have lots of time to play. We walked around, you know, Paris, and we'd go to cafes and sit there and get coffee and croissants or whatever and sit there and play. It was great. Um, but I really appreciated, like, you know, as somebody who doesn't know, like, What's weak to this, and what you know? It, where, how does this all work? In the old games of that trial and error, trying to figure it out. Okay, cool, that's fun, and I get it. But I really appreciated once I met and fought a Pokemon this time. When I went into to my moves, it's I saw it for every one of my moves and every one of my characters to go back and like, oh fuck, no, nothing's effective. Go back to my bag. Who do I have? And it would show me who's effective to what. Yeah. It's like, oh man, this is actually helpful, and I like how this is going and stuff. Totally. No, I thought yeah, the switch was great. I thought like you know I, I went around made made uh, I played as Jen. I made I you know it was fun playing dress up, changing uh, outfits around, doing mm-hmm. that, cycling that. I thought the story was fun. Like you. You had mentioned earlier when I was like, oh, this is going to be the one that I get into. You're like, you might because of the sports aspect of it. And I was like, yeah, that that did work for me in terms yeah. of like what we're going me on and what we're building towards. I thought all the, sh- you know, the uh, gym leaders we'd go up against, I thought they all had like interesting takes and they were interesting characters. I want to know more about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I like the world. Yeah. It, it was fun. It, it, I think it would have been if there was something else that was itching at me, I would have stopped it and played that. But it was like, I'm, I'm in the mood for this. And this is like, you know, it's even though it's not my like nostalgia, it's comfort food. I'm like yeah. cool. I'm just going through and doing this and collecting this thing and like you know when I I put up my thing if I beat it and like uh, you know 24 hours and stuff. Man, I'll tell you what. A lot of you Pokemon fans sure do love to gatekeep. Where you're telling me I didn't really play it. I didn't really fuck you guys. You know what I mean? I played the game. Like, are you only doing this for internet points? I'm like, I assure you, I would not play 24 hours of a game just to put up this one tweet and get thousand yeah. likes or whatever. I mean, I'm proud of you for playing your first one. Yeah, it's and the first it's credits a I've rolled. It's a good one to, to play. Like and that's this, what I was saying. Is I, Sword and Shield is an excellent game, It's and it's an excellent Pokemon game. It just, I feel, is a little too derivative for me to be extremely hyped about it. Fair. And when I'm thinking about my top 10 games of 2019, I, I don't know that I can, in good faith, put Kingdom Hearts 3 or Pokemon Sword and Shield, because those are two things that I... I want more from than what I got. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that they weren't both a lot of fun and, and, and excellent. I would Pokemon, I think, is better than Kingdom Hearts um, overall. But I still just, I expect more. And, you know, th- this is a, a topic for another day because there's a, a big conversation there of, like, what what should Pokemon be? Who gets to decide that? I just think Pokemon is big enough and there is enough of a fan base, enough of a varied fan base, that I, I would like to see a different take on Pokemon that is geared towards people that are, more grown up. I'm not talking. We don't need the Christopher Nolanization <laughs> of, of Pokemon. Although I'll take that. Yeah. But keep making the Pokemon games for kids. De- never stop. Never stop doing that. They're great games. They're going to sell a shit ton of merch. They're going to sell a shit ton of copies. But also, Game Freak, you got a lot of people working there, man. Nintendo, you guys can like put a lot more money into making some great games that do serve a different function yeah right and like, totally it's i just think it's a little upsetting that they don't they don't do that because i'd love to play a pokemon game that not every single character is line by line telling me via me having to read not even voiceover um about well here, here's how i relate to pokemon in this pokemon world and here's the pokemon thing that you need to pokemon do yeah you know totally and i mean that was my thing of playing it like like I said, I enjoyed it and I had fun with it. And like, yeah, to your point, this is the fir- and what I was set out there. It's the first time I've beaten a Pokemon. I usually start them and fall off, right? Like it was just the little things that kept me going here, and like in the time commitment I had. But it was the same thing. At no point did I think this reached like such overwhelmingly awesome, you know, heights that I was like, "Fuck!" It was just like fun to play. It was like, all right, cool. Hidden the wild area, which is a first for this game uh, for these games. Yeah, yeah. 
it, it was special. You know, it, it felt a little bit open, um, like too open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, empty is probably a better word. Uh, but, you know, seeing an Onyx just kind of ride by, and I was like, I know I'm not able to fucking fight this thing yet, but I was like, I don't know, let's, let's just try it. And like going up to it and it being so overleveled, like I was like, yeah. oh, this is so cool. Yeah. This is so, so cool. But I just feel like it's such a tease, such a little tantalizing taste. Because you want a giant open world Pokemon, right? That's yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be awesome. But, but having said all that, I I really enjoyed the the sports sportsization of the the gyms like that is something that like we've seen in the anime and like that's how it kind of functions uh, in differently than the games and I've always appreciated that stuff because I think it's really cool and uh, everyone being fans of the gym leaders like I think gave them a, a level of depth that I I was more interested in than in generations of yeah. this franchise the presentation of this game is the best we've seen in any other Pokemon so. easy yeah. Time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash games. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Drew needs help in real life, a.k.a. the Game Awards. Uh, he wants you to hit him up on Twitter at just click it. Click it with a K, because Drew's last name is click. So just oh. click it all there, Twitter. Uh, hey, Greg and Tim. With the Game Awards quickly approaching, I figured I'd put out a call to any best friends attending or maybe interested in meeting up after. I'm attending the show this year on my own and would love to meet any best friends there as well. Also, directly following the awards, a few of us are planning to go to 82, a beercade, to throw a few back and discuss our thoughts on this year's results. If you are interested, just hit me up on Twitter at JustClickIt. Also, Greg, can't wait to meet you. Hashtag someone sucks. It's Nick. Damn. And the movie Solo. Thank you for clapping. Oh, just nick it. Got him! I got him! Barry got got! Just click it if you're going to be at the Game Awards like myself and want to hang out. Uh, that'd be great. What is going on with this? I saw this come through. You're wrong. Is it just, yeah, I'm just, just looking at not, it. It doesn't it look like, like it's just a mock-up. Nothing we need to worry about. No. Uh, remember, we asked people watching live on Twitter. Nope. Live on Twitch to go. To kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screwed up so we can set the record straight. Uh, nanobiologist says we miss, missed a new date. Uh, the Oculus Quest gets hand tracking this week. Ooh. And then nanobiologist also says we missed a new date for the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC Remind. It'll drop January 23rd, 2020 for PS4. February 25th for 2020. Uh, February 25th, 2020 for Xbox One. Which is weird. Don't love that. You also missed the new story of that Jesus game being announced. That happened last week. That trailer oh, really? for "I Am Jesus Christ," yeah, and it's oh, also from a, a, like they put up a bunch of weird trailers all the time of stuff. Yeah, I know. I it's did like funny. the theory somebody wrote into that was just it's not it's just complete bullshit. So why would I put it out there that it's an early t- campaign for God of War? I was like, that's funny. That'd yeah. be really funny if they put out a bunch of fake things and then Kratos comes in and kills everybody. Jesus! Oh my God! I don't, I don't think that. I don't know if you know well. that's what he does. That's what he does. Yeah, he's not making friends with these gods. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. That's your first kind of funny games daily of the week, but it sure as shit won't be your last. <laughs> Strap in, bitches. Tuesday, it's going to be me and Imran. Wednesday, it's me and Gary Witta. Thursday, it's Imran and Tim, because I'll be down at the Game Awards. Remember, watch live, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games with us. And then Friday, Imran Khan pairs up with Snowbike Mike Whoa. to bring you the news. Uh, remember, we're doing the games cast tomorrow, 2 p.m. It's a Life is Strange spoiler cast, so you have to have beaten the game there. Are we streaming that? I haven't talked about that. I guess I, I don't do. Do you want? Should we stream that on the on the on the Patreon? Patreon, right? Yeah. We should, right? I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna make a note to ask them to make sure they're cool with that. I don't oh, understand okay. how they wouldn't be cool, but yeah, yeah, I don't know if I've actually proposed to them that it'd be live. Yeah, I don't think it'd be a big deal. So, anyways, be life is strange. You can watch it Patreon.com/slash kind of funny games tomorrow, probably unless they're like, no, we want to do it live. But I don't see why they wouldn't. You know what I mean? So we'll I see what, what happens. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, 
Ghostbusters is real. God is real. <laughs> Go watch the reactions. YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.